the comic book pit. Okay. This is Comic Book Pit episode 235. We are back. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. I'm Jared. And um, we've been gone for a few weeks. Uh, there's been some uh, some things going on in some of our lives, good things. Uh, <laughs> Duke got married. I got married. Um, so it's been a it's been a crazy few weeks here yeah, at uh, um, CBPHQ. Yeah, and. Unlike uh, unlike some people that get married, I did not accept a deal from Mephisto to alter that and undo my <laughs> my marriage. This is so not a... take that, P- Peter Parker. You know, give it some time. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> one hey, more day. Hey, Mephisto. Yeah, wait, wait till it starts getting stale. <laughs> Start things up. Wait till, wait till uh, my my story arc needs rebooted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, AKA divorce. I've already been there. <laughs> Not as much fun as it sounds as it as it sounds like in previews. See, and people people talk about reboots in comics, but it happens. It's it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's a real life reboot. Yeah, you get a reboot sometimes. Yeah, you well, start over. Well, dude, that's that's what you. That's how you described my life. Of, like. A few months ago, you're like, you just totally rebooted. You did. <laughs> it's like you got a new job, you got a new. Thing, you like ev- you, went you like evolved. You like you like went through a uh, like a human metamorphosis cycle again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I just went and did everything. I started from ground zero, and you're like, I'm I'm in college, and then like. I'm, I'm working at a comic book store. I'm, I'm dating girls. And <laughs> it's now like, dating, yeah, I'm dating. I'm dating. Ha- I'm on dates. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, no, now I've got a, a, a day job. And, uh, you know, I've found someone that I'm going to keep around. And, you know, then it's like, holy crap. He's like growing up, you know, in rapid, you know, like invincible brother speed, you know. <laughs> like, jeez, I don't. You know, those days just went by so fast. I, I was like the like opposite Benjamin Button did. <laughs> yeah, but um, but it's all good. So we're you know, everything is. I think uh, I can't speak for the Duke, but I'm, I'm I think things are settling back to settling back in. Yeah. I think we're getting back into the groove of our lives. Um, yeah. So we should uh, we should be. Good to go on the on the regular recording schedule again. Digging, at least until deep. at least until the holidays when that'll eventually screw us over. I know, I know. We I just thought of this, but should we mention uh, you know our wizard stuff? Should we mention it now? Since I've already just said it. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to be. Uh, uh, we, we got press passes for Wizard World Pittsburgh, which is always fun. Um, 
nothing solid as far as if we're going to be hosting a panel. Okay. Um, I haven't heard back, and I feel like at this point, I mean, Wizard World is basically two weeks away. Yeah, it's kind of faster than I thought. I was like, wow. But you I know don't what? think we're going to be <laughs> hosting a panel this year. That, Plus, that might be that, okay. That's fine. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't think they're doing the Pittsburgh Spotlight either. No, I I, I, I don't think that's happening. At their site, and I don't see no, anything. This is a the this is the full on dog and pony show, I believe. Um, which is pretty, which is fine. I mean, but they basically come in with their act. You know, like they yes. come in and they're like, "We have, we have our act, and this is what you know we're presented to to Pittsburgh," which is is different. You know, it's different than you know, grassroots comic cons. You know, that are like, "Hey, it's the people from this area," blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This is like, "Hey, this is people from that you wouldn't normally see." So, mm-hmm. and there, I mean, and and that's not to say there won't be some some local peeps there. I know DJ Coffee will, will be there. Uh, oh, yeah. Dave Wachter, I think, is scheduled to be yeah, there. He's there. Yep. Um, uh, Ron Friends. Ron Friends. I know Jim Rugg was there last year. I don't know if he's going to be there this year. He's not on the list. Yeah, I didn't see him on there. Okay. I was looking earlier today. But um, and and I I I forgot that I'm actually not going to be there Saturday. I'm only going to be there Friday and Sunday. Okay, that's that's actually what I was planning as well. So uh, just because know. I've got a couple of things going on uh, Saturday. Uh, like, but I guess this is the year for weddings. Now that I think about it, because I'm going oh, to a wedding uh, Saturday afternoon, and then we've got a uh, this uh, fundraiser thing that we have tickets for that night. So we've got a full day of plan for Saturday. So, but I'll definitely be there Friday and Sunday. I am. Um, I'm actually probably going to go to the Akron Comic Con on Saturday. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. you're, you're so double you're, you're double dipping. Double dipping that weekend. You are crazy. Um, Alan Davis is going to be there, oh. and, it's, and and the word on the street is it's going to be his last American appearance ever, ever, because he's like a grandfather, mm. and he's like I I would rather just stay you know in England, and uh you know watch my grandkids grow up. Yeah, and, I, I guess he, and, he's not getting any younger. Yeah, so I mean it's it's Alan Davis and Alan Grant are going to be at the Akron Comic Con. Wow. The Allens, the Allens, and John Tottleman is—he's uh, from Erie, but he's going to be there as well. Which is—he's a really nice guy too. So I mean, I was like, it's worth it. It's worth it for me to run out there and mm-hmm. do a day. So who knows? Maybe I'll interview them too. I don't know. Go for <laughs> it. We'll see. Make it happen. You should <laughs> make it happen, Captain. I gotta try and see what uh, interviews I'd like to be turned down for. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! I'm actually excited about that that whole prospect of interviewing. Last year I was super nervous about it, but this year I'm like, ooh, I wonder who I can interview. Well, I look at the list and I see the names, and then you see the names like, and these people are not available. And I was like, all right. But then uh, there's one name that is missing from that list of unavailable. That makes me wonder if it's a typo, and I don't want to spoil it and say it on the show just in case. Okay. Okay. That'll be between okay. us. All right. Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you later. Tell us off the air. Yes. Well, well, I wonder if there's going to be. Remember last year, there was that kind of that was that uh, media evening. Yeah, the yes. Thursday night. Event. The Thursday night. I wonder if there's going to be another one of those. I, I, I hope that there is, and I, 
And just by his email, he implied that there that it's a four day event that yeah, we are. Yeah, I saw that. So, so I thought maybe that meant Thursday. I'm hopeful. And there's also I I, yeah, that'd be fun. I I forgot about this, but there's a an event Friday night after the show at the Tunesium. Like, oh sweet! Similar oh, to what yeah. they did last year, but it's going to be. Um, I think the it's going it to. It's a uh, the the Star Trek I think like the art of Star Trek for the fiftieth anniversary. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's being um, like hosted by the Tunesium and Three Rivers Comic Con. Kind of nice. what they did last year. I think it was like. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a little cross promotion. It was like and like New Dimension Comics and the Tunesium threw something together. So yeah, that's right. Cute. Nice. Yeah, and I, I don't think I'll be nearly as tired this year because I won't be working for Neil Adams, <laughs> and I won't be on my feet for eight hours straight. Um, so I'll be a little more rested for uh, Friday evening. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that, so that'd be nice. I have something extra to do when we're downtown on Friday night. Yeah, and I think it's... Um, I believe it's free to go to, and it's it's immediately after the uh, Wizard World wraps up on on Friday night. So, uh, you know, everybody should feel free to go to this. Yeah, they're gonna have Pravanis. Maybe again. Maybe never know. Maybe I'm sure they'll have something there. Because I was ravished after last year's Wizard because I had just come from interviewing Neil Adams. You were oh, there. Yeah. And uh, it was a busy day of of uh, covering the show, and I remember just scarfing down one of those Primanti sandwiches like some filthy beast. It was <laughs> not becoming. I was like hitting a corner and just like shoved it into my face because <laughs> I was so hungry. I think I apologized to certain people. I was like, I know this looks disgusting, but I'm really hungry right now. Yeah, and and food doesn't last long at at, at Tunesium events. <laughs> For one thing, you gotta you gotta get in there and you gotta you know you gotta dig deep and make your mark and get yeah. out. Some things have to be done. <laughs> All right. Well, did we want to uh, jump into some? I think we had a lot of comics to talk about this talk week. About some books. You got some books there. Just Can I ask no. one quick question? I don't mean to diverge, yeah. but I'm gonna do it. Um, do you guys have like a record keeping system for your comics? I have. I used to. I, but used, I don't anymore. I used to, but yeah, same. I. <laughs> what did you? What did you used to have, fellas? Uh, oh, yeah, like digitally speaking. Anything. Like, I mean, did you like, write them down in a notebook? Did yeah, you? Have, yeah, like, way back when. Uh, way back when it was notebooks. Yeah. When I did it, I had a Palm Pilot. <laughs> oh man. Remember Palm Pilots? Yeah. I had a Palm Pilot. Um, yeah, I think it, that was as uh, as technologically advanced as I ever got as far as managing my collection. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I had it on a in a notebook or on a you know on a ledger or something at some point. But and then I copied everything to a Palm Pilot, and I don't think I've 
done anything since. Mostly because, um, you know, about three or four years ago, I sold like pretty much all my comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had no collection to keep track of. Um, but now I'm I'm back at it. I think really the only thing I I have a list is back issues that I I'm looking for, and I keep that on my phone. And just the little notes app that comes standard on an iPhone. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the it, reason. Oh, sorry. No, I, that's all I was going to add is that the only list I have now is of books that I don't have. So. Okay. You know. I over the summer, I got ambitious and I put together a spreadsheet and Excel file of all my comics, and then as I learned some Excel tricks, I thought I'd be cute. And uh, set up like a macro so I could like enter all of the comics onto one page and hit a button and it would just insert it uh, into the following tab. Well, in my cuteness, I caused the the columns to shift. Mm. So my <laughs> two thousand plus list of comics is all out of whack. Cause I'm, it's not just like the name of the comic, it's the publisher, the title, the issue, the month oh. and year release, any special notes, what box it's wow. in. Wow. You really like did. Writer, yeah, I went, you went all I, the way. I, I, I have a problem, guys. And, <laughs> and now it's, it, it's messed up. And it, it, I'm, I'm cataloging them, now, the latest batch now. And it just, it breaks my heart. Of all the spreadsheets I keep, of all the ones to get screwed up, it had to be the one with 2,000 lines in it. Mm. So it's just, and that was like two weeks. Like I was just wheeling short boxes out here every night and just like hammering through them. Uh I even considered buying like one of those little scanner guns. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't need that. Well, well, now see, now there are... I believe there are apps that at, at this point you can use like your phone to scan the, you know, the UPC code yes. right into the app. Yes. And then those are free until a point and then, then you got to pay for them. Right. And, and I would tag, I, I did look into that. Oh, if it was like a one-time fee, I, I'd consider it. I, I would not want any kind of monthly fee, but if it were like a one-time fee, I might consider it because just the the ease of being able to yeah. scan a barcode and have all the information just pulled in. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, and to top it off, my local comic shop has keeps you know scans my books every week, and they have the record of every book I've bought there going back to the first week I was there. Just about well, maybe not the first week, but. They were showing me it one day, and it goes back to 2009. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Like, like their cool. system, like just tracks everything. So I can sort of be like, "Hey, did I buy this?" And they're like, "Yes, you did." Or mm-hmm. no, you did. So yeah, that's pretty cool. We can we can do that at the um, at New Dimensions. That's that, that's a very nice and convenient uh, thing to be able to offer. Like you know, especially. If, if someone's not sure if they subscribe to something or like you said, you know, like, did I buy this last issue? I, I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so you can pretty much tell. Yeah, you can you can lay out right. what they're like, they're uh, purchasing trends and things like that. Right. What's what's just breaking my heart as I go through this is that it's it's all messed up. All messed up. It's all messed up. If you hear me weeping, it's because <laughs> my beautiful spreadsheet is 
Ruined. Oh. Not ruined, but I'll just... Well, it's, it's damaged. Yeah, well, it's damaged. It is... I mean... It, it registers low on the grading scale right now. It's... I, I'm just trying, like, I'm, I'm trying to, in my mind, wrap my head around the work that went into creating it versus the work that is it would take to fix it. Yeah. Welcome to my life, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck with that. I, I'm just going <laughs> to, as I go, as I go, I'll try and just piece it back together. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but that's, I'm looking at this, and that's something we've never... It's comic related. It counts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something we've never really delved into. Well, that, you know, and maybe that we can throw that out to the to the listeners and the people that follow us on the social medias. Like, if, if anyone uses a you know any kind of comic uh, record keeping app or you know inventory app or service, maybe they could uh, you know give sure. us, you know give us a little shout and you know yeah. The, the pros and cons, you know, if you, you know, someone that's has practical use of it, not just a, a review on a website or the app store, like someone that could actually yeah. tell us what, like what's good and bad about it. Indeed. Personal, so. personal recommendation. There you go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm moving on to, to comics reviews. I'm going to start off now. I, I Looking at what we've, you know, in our little pre-show, you know, we've got a lot of number ones to talk about. I'm actually going to start off with a number 10. <gasps> a 1-0. A 1-0, exactly. Yeah. Okay. A 1-0. Um, I'm going to start off with Doctor Strange, number 10. Oh, I read that. Uh, did you? I, I may have read that as well. I didn't think and anyone else was reading Doctor Strange. I read Doctor Strange, and I was just cataloging it earlier to see if it's in the, okay. the list. I think I jumped well, you know in what? on that one. Maybe, maybe the Agamotto helped you. Ten is filed away, and uh, that we can save that story for another day. But a ten <laughs> is filed away, so I'm sorry. I, Twelve, thirteen in the annual, or what's uh, on the desk here? Okay. Um, yeah. So this is Jason Aaron, Chris Pachalo. Um, I don't think that we've really talked about it since the first issue, and this is a book. So. Yeah, this is a book that I, um, I, I fell behind on. Uh, you know, there was about a, a month where I didn't pick up any comics, so I kind of fell behind on a lot of stuff. And I've been slowly, every week, trying to pick up, you know, aside from the new stuff, go back and pick up two or three issues of, like, Doctor Strange, Daredevil, Black... You know, just all these yeah. books that I've been falling behind on. So I finally picked up issue 10, which is the finale of the Last Days of Magic storyline. And I, I just for, you know forgot what a joy this book has been. It's just so much fun. I mean, it's telling a good story, like a good, compelling story. I mean, Jason Aaron can, I mean, he can write the hell out of just about anything at this point. He's just, he's such an accomplished writer and he can, he can write humor. He can write horror. He can write slice of life. He can, I mean, he can do it all, you know, at this point. Um, and, and I think the th- one of the things I like most about the Doctor Strange title overall is that it is not um, it's his it's his supporting cast. It's it's the fact that he you know he Aaron dives into the, the you know the other characters that are magic users 
in the Marvel U, and it's like they're this club of just weirdos, but they're the only ones that get each other, and they're, they're like the only ones that can help each other. You know, you got Scarlet Witch, um, uh, Damien Hellstrom, you know, Son of Satan, um, mm-hmm. Shaman from Alpha Flight, Magic from the X-Men, um, you know, just all these, they're not really fringe characters, but in a, in a larger sense they are when you compare them to the the other heroes, like, you know, they're not Cap, they're not Iron Man, they're not Spider-Man, they're not Thor, you know what I mean? Like, they're not the heavy hitters. It's like they're the ones always standing outside the circle of yeah, heroes. They're, they're yeah, they're the weirdos. Yeah. They're the freaks, they're the, you know, but in this book, when they come together, they're the ones that know what's up. And they're the ones that are helping Doctor Strange keep, you know, keep things together. And, uh, yeah, and that, that I, I've, is something I've enjoyed throughout this whole series. Um, and, uh, this, uh, this storyline, Last Days of Magic, was, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I, and, uh, the art, I, I, I still, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. I like Chris Pachalo. In a general mm-hmm. sense, in a more specific sense, sometimes his art just gets a. I feel like his art sometimes gets it in its own way, if that makes any sense. Like sometimes yep. it just gets a little muddy. It gets um, in the way of the story. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes I, you just I, can't tell what's going on. Yeah, right? I love Chris Pachalo. I'm buying the book because of Chris Pachalo. Mm-hmm. I know what you're saying, and I, I now like in love that too. About Chris Pachalo. I love it when it's completely illegible and I have no idea what's yeah, going on. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I think I feel the same. Like it, 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 and it feels perfect for this book. Like you wouldn't put Chris Pachalo on like Iron Man or Captain America. No. Like you would put him on Doctor sure. Strange. Although I will say he did a great run on Spider Man. So, he did. I could and I would, I would actually, that, yeah. and I would argue, Scott, if you go back to that Spider Man, I think they had. He had a different inker on it. Yeah. Himself, and it was a little cleaner. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's what happens is that's actually my, my opinion of him is that a, a good editor gets the best work out of him because he, because when he did steampunk and it was his own book, I couldn't read it. Like I couldn't tell what was going on, but, but when they put it, when, you know, when they pair him up with the right people, then it's like, yes, you know, and they get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. So, but no, Dan's right. I mean, he that style is a spot on fit for Doctor Strange. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I can yeah. remember Pachalo. Oh man, it was like a decade ago. He was did a run on X Men that I picked up, mm-hmm. and I remember that. Like, you have to like turn the book like three quarters around just to make out what was going on. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, this anybody else? Garbage. But this guy, amazing. And <laughs> so I, I don't know if that. If that's the, the look he's going for, he's like, yes, I'm the illegible artist. <laughs> well, and How would you look at my stuff and be like, huh? And and speaking of artists, I'm also going to give a shout-out to, I, I don't know, I, I haven't been, really been keeping track, but I think the past few issues, uh, Kevin Nolan has been doing some great cover art. Yeah. he's He did, like, some backups? Yeah, he did he some. He did a fill-in on, yeah. that, on those uh, arc? And I'm like, yeah, oh, man, Kevin Nolan, covers. where have you been? He's still doing co- exact right, right. I mean, I mean it's- and and he never really he was never really known for a lot of his of, for like interior 
sequential stuff. He mostly is a cover artist, but man, I miss his his style. He does some good. He's he's still killing it. Yes. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that one was like actually you, know, you want to talk about like two very different artistic styles. We have you know the very uh, chaotic Chris Bocciolo and then the incredibly clean Kevin Nolan. And mm-hmm. it's like what a juxtaposition of art styles on this book yeah. as well. And uh, no, no, it, it it has been very welcome. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, this is um. It sounds like we're all in agreement that this would be a this, this is a good book to pick up, especially you know you got the Doctor Strange movie coming out. This is a, a book that you could probably like. You don't have to have uh, you know thirty forty years of Doctor Strange knowledge to pick up like the first trade of this book and just enjoy it. Right. Yep. You know they I, I think they they make it accessible for people. Um, now, then I heard that there, it's like there's going to be an, another Doctor Strange book. Like, I mean, classic Marvel. It's like, oh wow, well there's a movie coming out. Let's put out three books for this character. Um, yeah. There's going to be this kind of thing. It's called Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme or something like that. Yeah, you can keep that one, Marvel. That's cool. Marvel. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't need that. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I'm still excited for this book, and I've never really been a Doctor Strange fan. Although, um, I think, I, I don't know if I told you guys or maybe I posted it like online somewhere, but um, the past couple weeks I've been rereading Bendis' first run on New Avengers. Oh, okay. And towards the end of that series, maybe like the last 15 issues or so, 15 to 20 issues, um, Doctor Strange is a recurring character. And I think that's... He, you know, huh. Doctor Strange. I feel like he, his resurgence in some ways is due to Brian Michael Bendis and putting him on an Avengers book and making and you know putting him back out into the spotlight. Yeah, for of, sure. Of that's, the, uh, yeah. That's what Bendis does. Is he write, He revitalizes characters. Pretty much, he is. Yeah. The, he's the CPR of of uh, C-list characters. <laughs> so, um. Thank had you, you ever read? Have, had you ever read uh, the Oath miniseries from yes. about ten years ago? Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the Brian K. Vaughn, Marcus yes. Martin. Yes, that's the one. Joint. Yes, very good. That's like the only other like time I, I collected like Doctor Strange, like on the regular. Yeah, but um, yeah, highly recommended. I think uh, this would be a good book to nice. uh, pick up. So. Um. I will, uh, let's see, I'll talk about, I'll talk about Spider-Man then. Let's talk about another Marvel book. Uh, number one, uh, Dead, Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. And, uh, basically it's Spider-Man and, and the whole, and, you know, it may or may not have been long enough since the whole clone problems of the 90s. Um, but Marvel thought, hey, it's been long enough. And um, Dan Slott's writing it, so I was like, you know what? I got to give that a try. Like, I'm I'm curious about this. And um, so anyway, where do I start? Um, oh, and the other hook, Jim Chung, Jim Chung doing the pencils. 
Okay, um, wow. I feel like we haven't seen him in a while. I think he's yeah, he's just doing like a, like fill-ins here and there now. And that's what I think this... I don't know if this is like going to be like a six-issue series or... You know, but it's it's basically called an Amazing Spider-Man event. And then it's Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts, dude, because we both were regular readers of The right. Amazing Spider-Man for quite some time. This almost got me to come back... Mainly because of the Jim Chung art, but I just it. You know what? End, I, obviously, it did not. So I'm curious I, what uh, you think of it. I had also picked, like just as reference too. I had also picked up um, issue 18 of the Amazing Spider-Man, which had had the you know implied the uh, return of uh, Doc Ock, and so that I I think between the two of them, I was like, all right, I'm going to see what you know, because I I gave up on Spider-Man when they rebooted it. Um, I wasn't right. really interested in his world, you know, world tour career um, yeah. storyline. But now that they're coming back around to Doc Ock, you know, and Superior Spider-Man kind of stuff, I was like, all right, I got to see what's going on again. So I came back, um, and the Clone Conspiracy um, at this point is really just kind of rolling out. The first issue is really just rolling out what, uh, you know. Obviously, they do this well, but it, it's the conflict. They're just going to be, you know, like, here's here's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's, hold on a second. Basically, uh, Peter's just checking. He's looking into something. It was a test drug that, uh, that he didn't want to use on Aunt May's husband's, you know, for his health. He was, okay. he was, he was nervous about it. And the story starts actually, um, and that's uh, Jay Jameson Sr. Yes. Uh, he passed away. He did not make it. Oh, my. Yeah. And so J. Jonah Jameson is like, it's your fault, Peter, you know, because we could use that experimental drug. And he's like, I couldn't tell anybody, though. He goes, I had a bad feeling from my spider sense because so- someone else had been te- tested with this drug, and as soon as he shook the guy's hand, he felt this problem. And uh, so he, they actually investigated that guy to see how he's doing, you know, just to see if he was right. You know, like, hey, was I right, you know, um, not to use it? And, and sure enough, uh, it landed him right in the middle of, of uh, the Jackal's experiments um, with cloning and, you know, and all that. And uh, he's like, so, you know, in, in a way, it validated his, his bad feeling that, you know, that um, uh, Jay Jameson, you know, is not caught up in this now. Um, okay. You know, into some wild experiment and had just passed away, you know, because because of that. Mm-hmm. So for, for once, Peter's not responsible for one of Aunt May's husbands dying. Yeah. <laughs> he felt he was, but he checked into it, and it looks like he's not now. Like, he's probably off the hook for it, but um, uh, they leave you with uh, two big uh, two big hooks to go to issue two, and one is uh, the return of Gwen Stacy. Big surprise. Um, because she's always been tied up into the, the Jackal clone history stuff. And, uh, and then more surprising is the return of Doc Ock. And so now in, you know, with issue 18 of Amazing Spider-Man, 
he's still in a little mini robot body, but in this book, he's he's back. It's Doc Ock, and he's got Spider-Man all tangled up uh, in his you know legs or whatever. So that's kind of where they leave it. And then there's um there's a nice backup story, and I can't remember. Um, Colin at the store had mentioned this, but um, Dan Slott wrote another, um, you know, like kind of a reminder of what happened to Gwen Stacy with uh, the Green Goblin and how she died on the bridge and everything. Um, but Ron Friends did the art for it, and I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, the recap actually showed that um, that Gwen did know that Peter was Spider-Man at that moment. Um, and was actually, uh, you know, resentful, like, get, you know, don't try to save me, like, you, you know, you're the one that helped kill my dad. Um, you know, so that's like going way back into Spider-Man history. Hmm. Um, you know, with the death of Captain Stacy, I mean, you know, that, that, that's like in the time, you know. Yeah, that's going on, that's, that's the way back machine, I don't even know if that... Is that still, you know, or is anyone going to find that relevant? I mean, unless they watch the Amazing Spider-Man movie and they see that, then they can put it together that that was part of the comic mm-hmm. book history. But, but I think it's all it basically this is all to set up. I think uh, Gwen's maybe possible resentment to Spider-Man because now she's waking. She woke up in one of Jackal's labs, and he kind of convinces her to to get on her side and part of that is that she all that he also brought back her dad. So they're both alive in a lab somewhere. So how are they alive? Are they they're reanimated? Well, that's what, yeah. That's that's not that's what's not clear is they're like, Are we clones? This isn't right and he goes, Well you know, and then he gives like some mumbo jumbo about whether or not they are, you know, legit people because they have their memories even though he's like, Gwen, you know, your memories are yours right up to the point of death. And she's like, I do remember that. And so that, so they're basically saying, like, they're, for all intent and purpose, they're legit. Um, however, they may have been regrown from, like, a, shred, a shard, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So, so right. yeah, it's a little wibbly-wobbly, you know. Let me, let me, let me ask you... Let me ask you two guys something. Now, I'm not... I haven't read Spider-Man in a long time, consistently in a long time. But I'm just curious. I'm not... This question isn't, you know, making a judgment. I'm just curious. Um, Do you feel like... Is it it time for Dan Slott to move on? Um, And the only reason I'm asking that is because... Going back to the well with not just one, but like, I mean, with one storyline, which is the clone saga, mm-hmm. to, you know, bring, you know, yet someone again bring back, trying to bring back Gwen Stacy. It's like, let the poor woman be dead. It, I mean, it, 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 is, it is, you know, is it getting a little tiresome? Um, yes. And didn't Mark, J. Michael Straczynski do the same thing? Yeah. Towards the end of his. Yep. Run on it like twelve years yeah. ago. He he did a thing where they they basically said that Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn 
had an affair, like or had like yeah. a one night stand or something, right. and that she had his children, but like she had moved away, like she went to France or something, gave birth to the children, and then came back. I, I, I forget. It was such a stupid story. Yeah. And like um, no one noticed that. I've, I've tried to forget that story. Yeah, that was that was a horrible story. I think that's when they were like, you know what, <laughs> you need to get off this book. That's when they were winding it down. We are out of ideas. But yeah, yeah, I think though, I think what, what happens, I don't, I think what happens with all, with all superhero books like this that go on and on and on is they have to, they have to systematically return to the well and they have to bring back these characters to remind the readers that they're you know, of their history and they, and they have to do it in a creative way. So they're, they're like, okay, Gwen's back, her dad's back. And then they're going to say, you know, something's going to happen. They're going to lose the dad again. They'll probably lose Gwen again, but it'll be like, so then depending on if you're a new reader, you'll, you'll remember that. But us old readers will remember the original story, you know, and it'll still, and that's what it is. It's what's difficult about reading books you know, for 30 years. Yeah. Expecting. And so, because, you know, I feel like whenever companies do this, because it's not just Marvel, I mean, a lot of companies, you know, Marvel and DC, both, they're both guilty. I mean, how many books have come out with the word crisis in it over at DC? But, so, I I feel like, you know, when Marvel does something like this, you know, they they resurrect the clone storyline or Gwen Stacy, they're doing two things. They're they're making the old time fans resentful of of this. You know the people that are like, you know, leave that classic story alone. You know that that group of people. Yeah. And then you've got newer readers who have nothing invested in those old stories, and it doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. So they're just reading. Maybe it's a good story. Maybe it's not. Whatever. But to them, it doesn't mean anything. So it's like, why not just come up with new stories? Uh, yeah. And I, you know. And, I and, agree. And and, and and satisfy both groups. See, and that's what I think is. I think sometimes there's an you know like Dan Slott introduced like a character like Regent, who's a new villain to Spider-Man, and it was like, okay, this is cool. There's somebody new. But I think that there's still like that, that command that comes from above that is like, you know, we've, we've got this property, you know, we need people to make sure they know who Gwen Stacy is. So, so you're, so you're, you're saying it's, it's, it could be an editorial. Yeah. My guess is that that sometimes, you know, it's, it's cyclical and they'll just say, well, you got to make sure she, you know, you have her, you know, you do a storyline like that at some point. Mm-hmm. So they just leave it to him to to work it into that. You know, I'm sure they have writer meetings where they're like, "Hey, this is a thing we want in there." You know, and I, but, you know, I, I was thinking about it, and I I thought, you know, that the 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 strength of Spider-Man and or Peter Parker for decades was a lot of it was based around his supporting cast of characters. Yeah, you know, not just his villains, but you know, Aunt May, J. Jonah Jameson, Mary Jane, uh, Harry Osborn, Robbie Robertson, you know, I mean, Betty Brandt, all these characters that gave Peter Parker a life outside of being Spider-Man. 
you don't really get that anymore. And and I guess to be fair to the creators, it's hard to build something like that when every year or so you're rebooting. <laughs> they change everything. You're you're starting with a new number one and a new status quo, and yeah, and everything changes. So it's you know it, it it's hard. It's it's kind of like a you know it's kind of a catch twenty two in a sense. Like you can't you can't build. Uh, a house on on a be- on, you know on the beach yeah. you know you, you need a foundation and they're not giving them a foundation yeah they're giving them sand and the sand <laughs> and the sand's always washing out with the tide it's always moving <laughs> yeah it's always moving it's not settled it's not yeah. stable this is the most poetic episode of comic book <laughs> it really is <laughs> it's like the beach is I'm going to I'm going to have you some can't like build a house on sand I'm going to have like some, as I'm sipping my mulled wine in front of the fire See, there, there are certain things in the Spider-Man universe that are on piers, and the <laughs> waves crash against it. And sometimes those waves are new ideas. <laughs> sometimes they're just ideas that are receding back into the ocean. <laughs> so sometimes they may seem familiar. Sometimes the tide will wash up a dead body. <laughs> Bloated and sun-bleached. And <laughs> okay. I, uh, well, let's okay. I guess we can move on from from the anyway. poetic. So anyway, yeah, in closing, it's a tired idea. So in closing, Jared, I, I take what you want from that, but yeah. in closing, uh, I, I made the right. Co- yeah, that's the bad. Here's what I am now. I, I keep saying I'm going to pare back my list, and yet I still spend a king's ransom every week. I think still, so. I think you'll be all right on this. I, my plan is to go like back issue binge diving at some point in time and buy them all for like a third or half the price. Yeah. In a couple of years, because what's it matter? <laughs> Something like that. I'm like, I just want the artwork. I don't care about the story. Spoil it for me. It's, I don't mind. I'll, I'll just wait like two years and three years and I, buy for half the price. I think this is a story that's going to be forgotten. So, yeah. But, that's but yeah, needed. the art looks good. Yeah. So, I haven't read his. I haven't seen his art. I think since, uh, I think he was doing what the Young Avengers. And I, yeah. I love the art on that book, so oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. But uh, I don't know if I'd recommend it. I don't know if I'd recommend the the story, but I would recommend the art. Uh, didn't so. didn't he do Spider Men, that five issue crossover between it was uh, Miles Morales and Peter Parker? Oh, it was Bendis and yes. pretty sure yes, that was pretty good. Okay. Spider-Man. Well, I'm going to have to investigate that. Anywho. So, um... Taking out. All right. What do you, who, who else? Where are we at? Do you have to go? No, I'm just... No, no we're good. No, we're good. Okay. No, keep going. All right. All right, um, real quick, I wanted to mention, we've been talking about DC Rebirth the last couple of weeks, and I have my first DC Rebirth casualties. Okay, let's first. Let's, uh, let's hear the casualty list. <laughs> the Flash and Action Comics mm. uh, have oh. been uh, put on waivers. Whoa! And uh, the Flash, you know, it's not the show, and that's what I want. I want the show. Like I did start reading Supergirl, and it, it it's it's as close to the show as they can give us without actually being the show, without just turning everything upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like the artwork, and it's once a month. 
Um, the Flash, it just, it wasn't doing it for me. That's what it boils down to. I found the story a little boring. I really didn't care. The artwork was sketchy at times. Because of its schedule, it has like a rotating cast of artists. Oh, yeah. It's a double. It's one of the double yeah. monthly. Yeah, no. And some was all right, and some was like really bad, and I just was like, I got like pretty much through that initial story arc, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And and with action comics, I'm really, really enjoying this character Superman, and the book that focuses on him and like the family unit is Superman itself. That's the good one. That's the keeper. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. one. Which action Comics was kind of yeah, more I agree. On, like right. Metropolis and the supporting cast, and I just, I, I, and I wasn't crazy about the artwork on that one either, and it just sort of lost me. So I, I was able, able to uh, just let those go. But yeah, Superman is the one that that that's that's the book. Um, I think you got into that too, didn't you, Dan, or some of it? Uh, for which one? Superman. Oh yeah, I'm, I've actually I went back and started reading from the beginning i'm i'm um i just picked up issue three last week so i'm gonna probably pick up a couple more issues this week like that one's good like if you want a good solid superman story read that book i mean i well i was gonna say in closing is it's funny the um i liked how this version of superman it's like the it's the one from like i read when i was you know back in the 90s and the book written by the guy who was there in the 90s, Dan Jurgens, is the one that I like want nothing to do with. And yet it's the, the the newer creators taking on that older character. That's the take I want to read. I just thought there was a certain bit of irony to that. But um, no, I said that, that book I like. So yeah, Flash and Action, uh, we're giving their walking papers. <laughs> but uh, it's still a DC-heavy pool list mm-hmm. for me. Mm. I mean, there's only like maybe three or four Marvel books at most. I'm I'm reading, and a lot of Image, and a lot of DC. I think the the main DC book for me right now is the Flintstones. So uh. <laughs> you're not the first person I've heard say good things about it. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of. It's so good. I'm probably going to pick up the trade of that when it. Yeah. Because I didn't realize the the issues are not priced as DC issues are as two ninety nine. They're actually three ninety nine. Yeah. So I'll probably just wait until that trade comes out. I'm not really interested in paying, you know, three ninety nine. Uh, you know, as as good as it, I'm sure it is. You know, I'm still I'm trying to keep a like like you said, Jared. Try to you know pare back, trying to keep a lid on the spending a little bit. But um, uh, which is why. I'm going to segue here. Watch this. Which is why I'm glad that I could read Reborn number one for free. Oh. So we got that. We got a review copy of Reborn, which is the new Mark Miller book with artist, uh, Batman artist extraordinaire, uh, Greg Capullo, fresh off of his, uh, 50, 50 issue run of Batman. Um, just pretty much a you know these days that's a, that's like a historic run of issues. It's an epic run, yeah. Um, and to be fair, I don't think he did like fifty consecutive. I know there was the occasional fill in, mm-hmm. but still, even even if you want to say you know forty five issues, that's still 
and this in this day and age, that's amazing. Um, but uh, I think we all read Reborn number one, and yeah. uh, yep. and I, I'm I'm gonna just put this in the in the column of another Mark Miller win. Like it's it, it's it's part of the Mark Miller uh, renaissance that's been going on in the last couple of years with with his his new his new books. Just um, you know they're they're not as like like we've said a hundred times they're they're just not as uh, scary and grim and gritty as his previous work was, and uh, they're just fun. He's just writing fun comics again. That's what it is. Yeah, he he went back to more of a superhero kind of uh, thing, you know. It's like the, the concept behind this book is just so novel that coupled with the you know that that stellar Capullo art, mm-hmm. like you read the first half and it's like this very touching character study, and then you get midway through and it becomes this like fantasy sci-fi. You know, war comic, and, and it, it's so it's, I don't know, almost seamless and fluid the way it makes this rather harsh transition. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. poetic as they they follow this main character as she's winding down her life, and then when it, she makes the transition and she's into this whole new world, it's like I don't know, it, it, it's jarring but just graceful at the same time. Well, and. What, what's nice, or what not nice, but what's neat is um, the the art is pretty much consistent. It's you know the Greg Capullo art consistent throughout. What's interesting is I think the coloring changes a little bit when you're in the present day, the modern day. Everything just looks slightly washed out a little bit, just a little, mm-hmm. um, almost like overcast. Like if you're if everything was under a cloudy sky. And then when when the main character transitions from, you know she she has a a, a stroke like a life threatening stroke, and she passes on. When she passes to the if you know we'll just call it the afterlife, but it's this fantasy world. Um, the coloring becomes much more vibrant. I'd agree with that. They're very cool muted colors. And what you're talking, about. and then when it does transition over, the palette is a little is warmer. Yeah. Also, look just looking at the um, the board the borders of each page. Um, when she's in the previous life, she, it's white borders. When she moves to the fantasy world, it's a black border. And but it actually gets lighter gray. Yeah. Back. Yeah, I just noticed and to that. The last issue, yeah, the last to the page. the last page, and then that's a white page again. It's yeah. almost like she, it's almost like memory, like, or like mm-hmm. her confusion is represented. Yeah. And, and, and we should mention this. So she, she shows up there as a, like, in the beginning, you know, before she passes on, or up to the point where she passes on, she's, she's in her late 70s. She's an old woman, and she's very frail, and she, you know, she pass, she dies. She is reborn in this this kind of science fiction fantasy realm or world as a young girl with you know uh, young blonde hair, blue eyes, and she the first person she runs into is her father, who looks like freaking Conan the Barbarian with a handlebar yeah. mustache. 
<laughs> and and her dog. Her dog is, but he's huge. He's like Battle Cat. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he but he's a dog and he's wearing like kind of like armor because they're fighting. You know, she she falls right in the middle of this battle between you know her father and his army and this army of I, I don't know trolls and dragons or something. It looks like a scene out of Lord of the Rings. And she shows up and someone, it, it makes it sound like she's, uh, you know, like the chosen one has arrived or, you know, let's get out of here. She's here. Like, so obviously there's, there's a, a lot more to this story than, I mean, the, the first issue just, I mean, it, it sets it up perfectly, but it leaves so many questions. Um, this but, is, it seems like something that Mark, Mark Miller's really been pondering is, um, you know, how, what old people think about, you know, and like, it's a weird thing to say, but. No, I kind when of you agree. Look at the, the, the books that he's been putting out lately, they're featuring older characters who have like a second chance at life. Um, it's almost like he's trying to appeal to that audience in a way. Well, it, it um, might be that, but it might, I mean, I mean, it might just be his own, maybe, maybe you know, maybe, I mean, maybe we're, again, we're going poetic. We're so poetic. We're though. going poetic. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go poetic. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's contemplating his own mortality. I think so too. And what it was like to be a young person, a young, um, you know, kick ass flying by the seat of his pants writer. And it's 20 years later and, now he's he's older and maybe he's he's more reflective maybe yeah he's contemplating uh, his life but like uh, I can't think of the title and I'm looking for it but the uh, you know the guy that was a hero on another planet and then he got old here oh uh, Starlight yeah Starlight you know that yeah, one an another great book yeah and um, even in you know I don't know but maybe Chrononauts um, just the idea of going back through time. And living through things, you know, mm -hmm. shows. Uh, well, and and um, I don't know if you guys read. It was another limited series called MPH. Yeah. Where one of the characters in that um, went back in time uh, accidentally, but he. Oh, the. But he. The one that got stuck. Yeah, the one that got stuck in time. Yeah. But he, but he made a life for himself, and he set up his friends. Like he became a millionaire or a billionaire or something, and and he. You know, so I, I, there's a. It seems like there's a lot of uh, wishful thinking in, in this. And now, now, granted, they're you know they're comic books. Everyone is wishful thinking, but it's usually about the conflict between good and evil and guys in tights and capes. But this is more like wishful thinking about life in general. Or yeah, it's like he's, he's if I could go back into... in time, or if I could do this, or if I could do that. Yeah, he's tapping into. Uh, you know, fears that maybe people have, you know, and he's like, well, what can I do with that? Like, he makes an observation, maybe, of like, oh, here's this old woman sitting on a bench, you know, what did mm -hmm. she think about? And wouldn't it be cool if, you know, she had the second life? Or, yeah, know? or if, 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 you know, given yeah, the chance, you know, if given a chance, would someone want to relive their younger days? Right. And that's, I mean, I, I feel like that's... Uh, we probably think about that once a day, whether we do it consciously or not. But 
Oh, One yeah, of those things yeah. like, oh, man, I remember when I was you know, 10 years ago when I could do this or when I was a kid and we did this. And, our, you know, I, I wish when I was I had that chance that I had taken it and instead I didn't. And I always regretted it. So. Yeah, no doubt. I think I think that's what Miller's really that's tapping what, into. That's what it is. Like, that's why I think that's why we are all like we read this book and it's. It's so interesting, you know, and and I think anybody should pick this book up and read it. Yeah, I think it can like anybody could relate to this book. Yeah, and 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 again, going along with his resurgence and his storytelling style is changing. It's you know where his old stuff used to be riddled with um, mature themes and language and violence. Um, this is a book that probably anybody could read. Yeah, his, his stuff is really getting yeah, I mean, all, all ages I mean, friendly. There is still some there's some pretty violent images right at the beginning of the book. So I mean, he's still writing for an, an older. He's but he's writing mature comics without being you know sex and violence. He's right. writing it because it's mature thematically. I, I would say is that the word. I don't know, but you know, like it's a it's a mature thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> without being a dirty a dirty thought or just a violent thought. <laughs> so I don't know. So you know, like uh, you know, if I had a a shot of you know Scott Scottish whiskey, you know, I'd probably be like cheers, <laughs> you know, but because because uh, he's doing a great job, so. I concur. Uh, yeah. Me too. <sighs> well, I can, I can, I can transition again. I could do this all night. He's he's got it. Okay. Want to hear? Okay. You want you want to see this one? So we're going from talking about uh, you know the the old the elderly to the young with champions number one. Oh, okay. And I don't know. Did, did anyone else read this? No. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. It's um, what's Mark Wade, which is always a good start, and Umberto Ramos, which I know you guys are fans of, right? Yeah. Yes. He's kind of hit or miss with me, so I, I went into that a little cautiously. But I will say I he was not as... Umberto Ramos e as I'm used to. <laughs> I felt like he was he was dialed back a little bit, um, and this was a lot of fun. This was really, really quite good. Um, a good first issue of um, the teen heroes of the Marvel Universe, which you don't really get to see a lot of. Um, I feel like the the teen heroes in the Marvel U are not represented as like the teen heroes of the DCU are, you know, because with, with the Teen Titans and such, like Teen Titans is, I mean, it says it right there in the name, Teen Titans. It's kids. And they had Young Justice and, that you know, that those books went on for a long time. You know, we had Young Avengers, but those, you know, they, they never really lasted. Like the first Young Avengers book only went, oh, 
12, was it 12 issues? No, 20, I think it was like 24, maybe it was 24 issues. I forget. Um, the one that Jim Chung started on. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. and then the second Young Avengers book from just a couple of years ago didn't last that long. So, I, I just feel like there's never, like the, just the, the, the young heroes of Marvel just never really get a chance. Well, I mean, first of all, they're, for a while, it didn't seem like there were any, but now you've got uh, Nova, Ms. Marvel, the uh, um, Amadeus Cho Hulk, Miles Morales, and and others. Um, so they they put them all together. They they had um, Spider-Man, Nova, and Ms. Marvel left the Avengers after Civil War. Because they kind of became disillusioned with, you know, with, and I, it was almost kind of meta. They're like, they're basically like, we're kind of tired of you guys always fighting amongst each other. It's really stupid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that really makes sense. Um, and as as things often happen in comics, there's an event that, you know, they they're this this first issue is kind of like putting the team together, and they're fighting a big bad. Which is um, it was pre- it was good it was it was just a lot of fun I, I really didn't expect much from this book even though I like Mark Wade um, I don't really have a particular affinity for these characters but but he I, I think he's got a good handle on them which you know in, in this day and age it's, I, I feel like it, being able to successfully write a teenage character is is kind of like a lost art. Yeah, you know it's 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 hard to do, um, and make him sound, you know, believable. But um, but they pull it off, uh, or Wade pulls it off, and Umberto Ramos does a really good job. Just I mean, he doing exactly what he does best, and that's just drawing the hell out of, you know, these yeah. characters and fight scenes and the action and, um. You know, the, there's the serious moments and there's the goofy moments, and he manages to do both really well. So this is a, I mean, this is a great, I mean, it's a number one, obviously it's a good jumping on point, but, you know, uh, again, it's one of those things where you don't have to know all of these characters to, you know, to enjoy it. You you get a pretty good sense of the characters. Like, you know, you don't have to have been reading Ms. Marvel from the beginning or the Sam Alexander Nova or Miles Morales or anything like that. Right. Um, the one thing I will say that's a little misleading on the cover, they have Cyclops yeah, from I see that. all new X-Men and <laughs> he's actually not even in the book. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so I, I'm assuming they will introduce him within the next issue or two. Um, and then there's also, uh, at the very end, it's almost like a montage of, looks like characters that they will be introducing. Um, Cyclops is one of them. Um, there's the new Iron Man, which I think she calls herself Ironheart. It's the, uh, the young African American girl. Yeah. Um, looks like there's gonna be a new Falcon. There's a new Wasp. And there's gonna be, um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Oh. So, the, I mean, the the team, which is already made up of, uh, like I said, uh, Hulk, Nova, Ms. Marvel, Spider-Man. Oh, and um, 
Viv Vision from the Vision book. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so you've already got a team of five. And, you know, in most books, that's probably enough, but it looks like they're, they're already planning on expanding that. So, so, uh, exciting times ahead for, uh, champions. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, do we have time for one more? Yeah, man, go for it. Okay. Um, ooh, let's talk about the, uh, Great Lake Avengers number one. Um, I, I tell you, the only reason I, bi- I bought this book is because um, I actually have the first issue where the Great Lake Avenger Avengers appeared mm-hmm. in uh, West Coast Avengers. Oh yeah, by John Byrne, and I had him sign it. And like that's my story, like my <laughs> my John Byrne story is, I had him sign it, and it was a number of years afterwards. And I said, I said, do you remember writing this book? And he's like. I've written, you know, and he says like X hundred thousand books, and I remember every single one. Hmm. And it's like there you go, and he handed it back to me, <laughs> like signed, and I was just like, okay. But and it, and it said, and it, it was signed, dear Scott, suck a bag of dicks, yeah, John Byrne. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, so I was like, hey, you know, they're um, Marvel is seems to have caught the funny bone. You know, the um, uh, Deadpool obviously working for them. Then they also have, you know, Howard the Duck has been out this year and um, Gwenpool, you know, and they're doing like all these off the wall characters and they're like, hey, why not bring the Great Lake Avengers back? <laughs> Great Lakes Avengers back. And, um, uh, you know, it's actually not bad, but it is, exce- it's pretty much what you would expect. It's a, it's a joke book. Like it's, um, they're they're building a story, but they also have um, gags, and mm-hmm. they try and they're pretty much, you know, every like every page there's something funny going on. Um, but it was it was an enjoyable read, um, and there was a little bit of character development, which so I'm like, okay, there's there's definitely some things going on here, and there was also a new team member. Which is unofficial as of yet, but basically this girl turns into like a big werewolf, and uh, she's she's destined to be on this team. Um, but what happens is um, the Great Lakes Avengers get their name back because apparently they weren't allowed to be called that um, legally, and uh, the Avengers lawyer went to them. So here's what happened. Like the first gag, um, the uh, the Avengers lost their name uh, legally, and for some reason it had defaulted back to uh, Flatman, who is the founder of the Great Lakes Avengers. So they approached him to buy the name back. Oh, so like he had the what? Like he had the domain name or something? Yeah, it was essentially <laughs> that. Yeah, he somehow acquired possession of the the brand name and they wanted it they needed it back and he wouldn't take money and all this stuff and then finally they're like look you can have the great lakes avengers you know we're putting you back on the roster you're an avenger again and he's like excellent and then so like he calls the team back you know and they 
and their assignment is to watch the streets of Detroit. And so far, they haven't really gotten into too much trouble, but uh, um, there definitely is a super, super criminal, um, you know, thing happening there that that they're going to have to deal with. So, so it's like you know, it's a it's a fun read. Um, if you like the funny books, if you like, uh, I would say Gwenpool. You know, if that's in your your level of entertainment, then this one's probably right for you. Okay. Um, me personally, I think I might give it at least. I'll probably give it one more issue. I don't know how far I'll go with it though. I, I sometimes my my mileage varies on on humor comics because I I think a lot of it. I mean, it really has to deal do with the pacing of it. Like mm-hmm. when um Howard the Duck first came out, I read the first issue of that. And it wasn't bad, but it was just way too much. It was not only like a gag every page or a joke every page, but it was like a joke every panel. Right. It and just, this one, it just got to be too much. I'm like, guys, you got to spread it out a little that's bit. That's what happens with some of the Deadpool books that I, you know, some of the mini series I've read are like that, and I don't really get into that either. This one, I feel though that they have there's a story arc, and that's why. Compare it to Gwenpool. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a story arc, um, so not every single panel is gay, but you know, but everything's kind of funny. So, um, and that's kind of how Great Lakes Avengers is too. Like every everything's a little bit weird, a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, and they tried to get Squirrel Girl on the team, but she didn't hear it. She didn't hear her her phone buzz because she was out having drinks with the Avengers, I think. Oh. And and that was kind of the gag of that. Like she's hanging out with like, you know, bigger character, big, you know, A-listers <laughs> and uh, she didn't hear her phone buzz to go join the Great Lakes Avengers. So yeah, that's kind of one of them things like they're like, haha, you know, she's super popular all of a sudden, but we can't get her for our book. So, oh, I thought they were going to show her and Wolverine getting it on. <laughs> remember, remember when they did that? They they they, they insinuated that yeah or that well, she and Wolverine Hendis. had 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 like a sexual relationship yeah. or something. Brian like, that like that is so weird. Yeah, wasn't that in uh, New Avengers? I think so. Yeah, because they it was because when they when they brought her into that's right because she was supposed to be the the nanny for yes. Luke and Jessica's daughter. And when she showed up at the at the Avengers Mansion, like there was this weird tension between her and Wolverine. And that was sort of a that was sort of a uh, just the comic book reader's sense of humor on that one too, because of Wolverine's um, affinity for teenage girls. Yeah. Like that he always <laughs> seems to befriend, but it's always like fatherly, you know. Like there we go. Save it, Duke. Save it before we. Paint the Wolverine with his horrible, horrible but, brush. But no, but it is, you know, because Kitty, you know, Kitty Pride and Jubilee are the big ones that that people have like, you know, it's always been like, oh, he's like a father to them. But you know, but like, then you got your internet trolls that kind of made it worse. And then, mm-hmm. and I think that's with Squirrel Girl, that was a nod to the internet. You know, like, yeah, maybe you fooled around with that one. <laughs> you know, which was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but anyway, hey, old man Logan. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. So we got anything else? That's all I have. Um, I think Scott and I have an appearance coming up pretty soon. Court? I'm not even sure when <laughs> it is, but I know. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think it's quicker than we realize. It's in uh, next, the 29th of October, Saturday. Oh. It's, is this yeah, a new Scott. Of comics? Yeah, Scott, you better... The Halloween I better comics read my emails. At, yeah, at the New Dimension Comics. Is that going to be at, at the Pittsburgh Mills? or The Pittsburgh Mills. Cool. Yeah, and I thought actually, um, I thought New Dimension was going to do like two events that day. So uh, maybe at the Mills and at Century Three. So I yeah, um, I remember when we um, th- there was talk of multiple locations, and I opted for the Mills just to try something different. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been there, and um, and, and when I looked at the distance from where I live. It's slightly closer, but it's a little easier to get to. Like distance-wise, okay. it's it's mm-hmm. not much of a difference, but it's a bit of an easier path to get there. Yeah, I think there's or, probably there's probably more main roads, yeah, know, to get there than side so, roads. So uh, yeah, I, I believe Scott, you were going to be at the mills as well. I believe I that is that is correct. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check the uh, records and make sure I go to the right place. <laughs> so no, I just you know. I, I had some some life events that we were to work with, you know. Yes. So yeah, yes. I'm, de- I'm definitely catch, playing catch up still. With that. Well, so folks, that's a chance to see us in person. You hear us here on your <laughs> device. You can come see us in the flesh. I'll actually I will be at uh, Century Three. Not all day. I won't be working, but I will be taking part of in um, our annual store group costume. Oh. Yes, we are all going to be Madrox. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's the, awesome. You know the uh, the easy shirt. You know you get the, or the easy costume. You get everyone. Everyone bought a Madrox shirt, so <laughs> we're going to be multiple men. That's that's excellent. I, I approve. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I guess we can wrap this one up. Yeah. This has been episode 235 of Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. And I'm Jared. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.